listener-supported radio. Talk that brings Christ to the world. Welcome to the Relevant Radio Winter Pledge Drive. Give from the heart. Yes, indeed. Let's give from the heart and let's ask the Lord to bless us in our efforts to reach our need of $3 million by the end of the week this week. That's a big hill to climb, but with God's grace, we'll make it. And let's ask Our Lady to pray for us and with us for this intention and your own intentions. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, I have something I just found out about just at the end of the last hour, but there wasn't time to mention it. So this is a donation. Mary, I hope you're ready for this. This came in the last few minutes. You're asking plaintively, please help us. And uh, Anonymous in Kokomo, Indiana, stepped forward with, are you ready for this? $10,000. Ten thousand dollars from Kokomo, Indiana. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I thought you were going to play the retro song, the old-fashioned Kokomo. There's another version of this. No, 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 no. The other song, the other Kokomo song. I, I'm unaware. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. But hey, let's celebrate, Kokomo, Indiana. I hear the beaches are great there. Hey, and you know what? That is matched a hundred percent. We have the matching hour. That's right. Thank you, Cyrus. So that 10,000, Cyrus, quick, what does 10,000 become? Uh, well, I work in radio, so I'm a little slow on the math, but I'm pretty sure that's $20,000 that just came Bingo. in. Bingo. And you got so it. the large gifts are matched, the small gifts are matched. So if you send a 10 or 20, those are matched, $100 matched, $10,000 matched. And if you just want to get the pledge drive over with, we'll take a million dollars and we'll match it. Well, we need $3 million to finish the pledge drive. <laughs> I, told you my math, I told you my math wasn't good. <laughs> I'll take a million. Yeah, let's ha- how about a million? Thank you, Anonymous. Very much appreciate that. And before we go back to our regularly scheduled programming, just remember that this is something we, we only do four times a year, and it's because we, we're not you know underwritten by huge corporations or the federal government or anything like that. We rely upon you. So that's why we do pledge drives. 888-914-9149. That's the number to call to be on the air. Let's go to Cecil now in Fort Myers, Florida. Good morning, Cecil. Uh, good morning, Patrick. Yes, sir. I've been listening to you. Uh, I've been listening to your show for a couple of years now. Thank uh, you. My question is, they, I had some friends that was talking about the origin of the Bible, and both of them said, oh, well, it was, it was written in Africa, and that's where it comes from. Well, I know that's not right, but how do I answer that? <laughs> well, here's what you could do. You could have a little fun with them. Say, oh, really? Um, first of all, pick a book of the Bible. Let them pick the book that they want to pick. They will, they will quickly run out of answers. And, and just say, okay, Isaiah, okay, where in Africa was that written? They won't know. They'll have no answer for you. Who wrote the, the, the book of Isaiah? And you know it's Isaiah, the prophet. They may say that and then say, well, it's interesting because all of the action in the book of Isaiah takes place in the Holy Land. It takes place in the land of Israel. How do you get to the idea that he wrote this in Africa? What is your source? What is your evidence? What is your proof? They won't have any. 
So th- these are fanciful notions that some people adopt. It, you know, they're a dime a dozen. So all you have to do is just press a little bit and it'll collapse under its own weight. Well, that's what I was thinking. I mean, like uh, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, who wrote these? I mean, uh, mm-hmm. they they didn't come out after that, I don't think. So But is there a time? When was the actual first Bible really put together that uh, the Catholic Church understands? Yeah, so by the end of the 4th century, Cecil, when you have the Council of Rome, which was a regional synod, uh, there Pope Damasus I, he approved of the canon of the Old and the New Testament, the 73 books in the Bible that we know, the Catholic Bible then as the Catholic Bible is now. That was the canon of Scripture, and it you wouldn't have been able to find a an actual book. I mean, maybe there were, was one that was kept safe in a library, perhaps, but the way you and I experience the Bible as a single volume bound between two covers with 73 books and Bible tabs and ribbons and things like that, that didn't really exist in that form in those days. You had, you had uh, scrolls, so you might have 1 Corinthians, you would unroll the scroll and you would read that, and these were hand-copied laboriously for the, you know, the ensuing 13, 1400 years until the advent of the printing press. And that was, by the way, invented by a Catholic. And that Catholic inventor of the printing press, Gutenberg, the first thing he printed was a, a Bible. So there is oh, a very wow. interesting pedigree in the Catholic Church when it comes to the, the Holy Bible and the place of the Holy Bible. But the point being is that whether, if, a, if a given book were written in Africa, so what? What does that matter? It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It wouldn't mean anything one way or the other. It would just mean that's where the book was written. But as you go through, let's say, the New Testament books, these were all written in various places, not all in the Holy Land. So, for example, St. Paul was in captivity in Ephesus for about three years in a jail cell, and he wrote a number of his epistles in that jail cell. And similarly, St. Peter's two epistles, those were, he was in jail in Rome, and his, his um, scribe, his, his protege, St. Mark, he recorded those things that St. Peter related to him about his experiences with Jesus. That's where we get the, uh, the gospel according to St. Mark. Now, let me give you a secret weapon, Cecil. You can put this on your phone. Do you have an iPhone or an Android phone? iPhone. Okay, perfect. So if you get the Kindle Reader, it's free. All you have to do is download a book called Inside the Bible. And this is by Father, what is his first name? Uh, Father Kenneth Baker is his name. And if you download this book on your Kindle app on your phone, every single of the 73 books of the Holy Bible will have a chapter in it it will tell you who wrote it, when it was written, where it was written, who it was written to, and what is in the book itself. So you'll have at your fingertips data on every single book of the Bible that you can put in um, on your phone. So in a moment, you'll be able to find out exactly where that book was written. Helpful? That sounds very interesting. Thank you very much, Patrick. I appreciate it. You're most welcome. I appreciate that. Thank you. We're going to take a quick pivot and listen to a special message from our executive director, Father Rocky, right now. Hi, Father Rocky here. Winter Pledge Drive is underway, and we've got matching funds this hour, so your gift gets doubled. 
Please help us with our operating costs by making a tax-deductible donation at relevantradio.com or on the app or by calling 877-291-0123. We have a special gift for you. If you can give it the $50 a month level, it's an ornate walnut wall crucifix. This wall crucifix has a solid brass inlay and a gold-finished corpus on it. It also comes in a gift box, just in case you'd like to give it to someone special. This pledge drive, we ask you to imitate our Lord by giving from the heart, just as he did for all of us. Give it the $50 a month level for the beautiful wall crucifix at relevantradio.com, the Relevant Radio app, or give us a call at 877-291-0123. Your gift this hour is matched dollar for dollar. Please give from the heart to Relevant Radio. RelevantRadio.com. Use the app or 877-291-0123. You know what else happens when you call that number? You get to join Team Taco. We had a great hour last hour. (laughs) Fell a little bit short of our need as far as the number of calls coming in, but we made our need for the dollar amount that we needed to raise during that hour thanks to that fabulous $10,000 gift. A little bit more this hour. We need at least 125 people who say, yeah, I want to stand in solidarity there with Patrick Madrid during this hour. We need your help at 877-291-0123. That's 877-291-0123. Relevantradio.com or using the app on your smartphone or tablet. Good news is we were able to pull off another partnership challenge hour this hour. So your gift will be matched 100%. 100%. I love it when we have those matching hours. Mm-hmm. We don't always have them, but it's great to know that they're there today. So, Joanne, in Woodway, Texas, your $50 online gift was doubled instantaneously to $100. Thank you. Uh, Mikhail, in Austin, Texas, thank you for your $100 online gift. Doubled to $200. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Will, in Pembroke Pines, Florida. Where in Florida is that, Mary? Is that I'm near Umatilla? I'm not even Umatilla? sure on that one. It's not near Umatilla. <laughs> no? Okay. Pembroke Pines. It sounds very restful. Well, thank you for your $25 online gift, doubled to $250. And Karen in Brandon, Florida. Lots of representation from Florida this morning. That's awesome. Karen, thank you for your $100 online gift. And you're a brand new donor. So welcome to the family. Oh, here's a great one coming in saying thank you so much. An anonymous donor from Athens, Arizona, coming in with a $5,000 gift. Yes, that's double to $10,000. We could use several of those every single hour would be great. We have an anonymous donor from Yorba Linda, California, making a special gift of $50. That's doubled to $100. An anonymous donor in Sellersville, Pennsylvania, $100 became $200. Your gift will also be matched 100% at relevantradio.com using the app on your (laughs) smartphone or tablet or at 877-291-0123. Mary, we have to pause for a second every time we say 100%. 100%. Because we're going to hear that guy. He's going to chime in from the audience. So I've learned that I always pause right after I say 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. There you go. At 100%, we got to pause. That's right. 877-291-0123. Dial that number and you can make your pledge or go to relevantradio.com. It's easy. It's secure. It's fast. Same thing with the Relevant Radio app. You can make your pledge that way. Right, Mary? That's right. We're making great progress. We need another 100 people to join Team Taco at RelevantRadio.com, using the app, or at 877-291-0123. That's 877-291-0123. It's a dollar-for-dollar match. 100%. 
This is The Patrick Madrid Show on Relevant Radio and RelevantRadio.com. Dear Taco Tuesday, uh, what would you call that? Whistle, Yelp? Do that thing, Cyrus. Good, man. 888-914-9149. We do it in Mexico all the time. We do it in Mexico all the time. And here in these United States, too. Patricia in Spanish Fort, Alabama. Good morning and welcome. Good morning, Patrick. Um, I was uh, concerned about something that's going on in our church down here. Uh, They have posted on Facebook that they are going to be selling or raffling off tickets to the highest bidder for the front front row pews of our church during Holy Communion. And I was wondering, do I confront this, the priest that is now our priest? We have we had a changeover in pastorship. But anyway, mm. I was wondering, is it appropriate for me to approach this priest about this matter? And is that appropriate? Is that not like Jesus turning over the money tables in the temple? Yes, I find it distasteful, may I say, um, because it gives the impression that these holy things, these holy ceremonies are somehow attached to money. And if somebody has more money, then they, therefore they have you know, better access or, or you know, a better view, if you want to put it in a crass way like that. It seems very unseemly, very inappropriate, and I wish it were not happening. So um, I think you are well within your rights to raise your voice to the pastor. I don't mean, no, that didn't sound right. <laughs> don't raise your voice to the pastor, like <laughs> not, like yelling at him. That's not what I meant. But to speak up and say, Father, this does not come across well. This, this is not being perceived the way you maybe thought it would be. It comes across as kind of money-grubbying, if that's a word. Okay. Um, Money grubbing. And I can see why you'd have that reaction to it. It's like, come on, we're here to worship God in spirit and in truth. We're here to see these beautiful children receive their first Holy Communion. Come one, come all, come as you are. Everybody's welcome. But if you can spend a lot of money, then you get to sit in the first pew. I don't think that is really very good. Now, St. Paul, I'm sorry, St. James, he talks about this in his epistle. So if you go to James chapter 2, Actually, you could begin in James chapter 1, but in James chapter 2, he talks about, um, I'll just read to you, so beginning in verse 1. My brethren, show no partiality as you hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man with gold rings and in fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing to say, have a seat here, please. Why you say to the poor man, stand over there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brethren, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme that honorable name which was invoked over you? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Now, the point I I want to emphasize here, he's not talking about rich people in general. 
He's referring to in the time and in that place how the, the pagans who did not have the gospel of Jesus, they were concerned about the fine clothing and the wealth and things like that. We're not to be concerned about those things. And everybody has equal standing before the Lord, certainly when you're at Mass. So maybe this passage could help you frame your thoughts in a gentle admonition to the parish priest and just say, Father, please rethink this, because even though it would be nice to make a little extra money for the benefit of the parish, there's nothing wrong with that, but this is not a way that's going to be received well or received without people being even a little bit scandalized. You might approach okay. it that way and see what he says. Okay, that's perfect. Uh, yesterday they were talking about veiling. One of the one of the ladies mm-hmm. had called up and asked about veiling. Mm-hmm. I've been veiling for about two years now, and uh, it's just so reverent. And when I don't have my veil, I feel like I've I've lost something. So veiling is a wonderful thing. There's a lot of young people who are doing it now, and it's it's awesome to see how many people are veiling and receiving communion on the tongue and kneeling. So a lot of young people have come back to the veiling part. I just want to make that comment. Well, that's thoughtful of you. I appreciate that. Yeah, that topic did come up yesterday. Keeping in mind, of course, that the church does not require it anymore, as it once was a, a custom that had, I don't know if it even had the force of law per se, but it it was something that all women did as a matter of course. They, they are not obliged to do so now. But interesting, you bring up the issue of Holy Communion on the tongue and kneeling. I've been thinking a lot about the need for, and the bishops are leading us in this, the bishops of the United States, reminding us of the importance of Jesus' presence in the Holy Eucharist. And this is one reason why we're having this Eucharistic revival coming up in July in Indianapolis. I'll be there, and I hope you'll be there too, Patricia. But one thought that keeps coming back to me is one way to really, really emphasize the importance of devotion to Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament would be to reintroduce in this country at all parishes the custom of kneeling for Holy Communion. I could imagine, first of all, it would be a shock to the system for many people who are not accustomed to it. Fair enough. But I could imagine a a massive change in what for some people is a kind of lackadaisical, kind of casual approach to the Holy Eucharist, if that one simple thing were instituted to say, from now on, the approved posture for Mass, for I'm sorry, for receiving communion at Mass will be to kneel. Now, I realize this is a super long shot, probably would never happen, but it could. And I'll bet, I would bet money. It would go to relevant radio, of course. <laughs> I would bet money that if the bishops of this country said, we're now going to to show just how important it is to show reverence for Jesus in the Eucharist, that we will reinstitute the custom of kneeling for Holy Communion. That would be interesting, to say the least, wouldn't it? 888-914-9149. Cyrus, you mentioned you had an email on this particular topic. Do you want to share that? Yeah, this is from Robin in Port St. Lucie, Florida. And she says, after receiving Holy Communion and returning to the pew, when is the proper time to sit as opposed to kneeling? I love the show, and I've learned so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Robin. Who's the writer's name again? Robin. Robin. Okay. Well, Robin, the custom is 
and this is just a custom, but it's a, it's a nice custom, it's a good custom, is that the people kneel in adoration for two reasons. The primary reason is that Jesus is still present on the altar as the priest is cleansing the sacred vessels, and usually the priest at that time would put the, the ciborium, which is that um, golden cup that you, that you see that has a lid over the top of it, and that ciborium is is placed back in the uh, in the tabernacle, and that contains consecrated hosts. So Jesus is present there. Now Jesus is present inside you in the tabernacle of your body for a few minutes after receiving Holy Communion. So it doesn't mean that he's just there uh, in present on the altar, but he is. And so as you spend time in silent adoration during the time that the priest is cleansing the vessels, etc., kneeling is the custom at that time of the Mass. And yes, I know there are a couple of dioceses that have deviated from the norm, and they tell people to stand, but that's certainly not the norm, it's not the custom. But in any case, the primary reason to kneel would be to show respect for Jesus, up to and including the point where the tabernacle door is closed after reposing the Blessed Sacrament there. The secondary reason, and it's important but much less important, would be to wait until the priest is finished with his duties and then he sits down. So it's a sign of respect to the priest. And that's good. There's nothing, you know, nothing more to say about that. But it is a custom, and you're not obliged to stay kneeling for any length of time. So if you have problems with your back or your knees or you've got a baby on your hip or something like that, you're not doing anything wrong if you sit down before that time. But that's the custom. Did I get it, Cyrus? Did I answer all that email? Yeah, I think you you nailed it, and you answered my. I was going to follow up with, well, what, my my knees are killing me. Is mm-hmm. am I doing something wrong if I only kneel half the time? No, you're not. So let's say you receive communion, and now you're back in the pew, and you're kneeling, and your knees are giving you trouble, or your back is cramping up. Sometimes these things happen. What takes place there is that suddenly now you can't really pray because you're so distracted by the discomfort that you can't really pray. But if you can sit down and focus your mind and pray, better to do that. So a little bit of penance and kneeling down is good, but you're there to pray and to thank God for the gift of the Blessed Sacrament. So whether you sit or stand or kneel, in this case, kneel or or sit. Good. Well, next time I'm going to sit down and be like Patrick Madrid said I could sit. Yeah. If somebody says, hey, what are you doing? Well, Patrick Madrid said it was cool. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that. Let's see if we can get to Emily quickly in Springfield, Illinois. Good morning, Emily. Hi, Patrick. Um, life is still wonderful in Springfield. I just had a <laughs> comment for the young lady who called and was complaining about selling pews in the front row. Yeah. Um, what um, I had a wealthy friend when I was back in California, and what she did to counter that, she was very wealthy. She was the mm-hmm. wife of a plastic surgeon. Um she just gave the church $10,000, took the pew, and said, this is open to anybody who wants to sit here. <laughs> I like that. Win-win, <laughs> yeah, right? I'm not parish... everybody's got $10,000 to do that with, but uh, yeah. but it was whatever it was it took to just said, instead of having to argue with the priest, just went, fine, here, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll buy it for the poor. <laughs> I think so. that's that's very clever. And did did was the priest at all chagrined by that? I mean, because she's making a point by doing it that way. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Oh boy. Oh. She well. just, you know, <laughs> she may even have done it anonymously. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it it 
<laughs> it's a clever, creative way of, of working through that issue. That's a, yeah, that's a very interesting idea, those, Emily. Thank you. One of those odd ideas, because my experience is that the elderly people are supposed to sit in the front row so that they can make their communion. You mm, know, and the priest can get point. to them. Hey, do me a favor, Emily. Call that lady up and tell her Relevant Radio is having a pledge drive right now. <laughs> And we could use some help at 877-291-0123. That's 877-291-0123, relevantradio.com, or use the app on your smartphone or tablet. And if you do that, hey, if you get a hold of her and she gives, her gift is doubled dollar for dollar. It's a partnership challenge hour. Kind of a neat gift came in here from Mary in Cold Spring, Minnesota. She listens there on 1180 in the in a, in a St. Cloud, Minnesota. Her grandson is going into the Air Force today, and mm. she made a special gift in his honor of $70. Thank you so much. We'll definitely be praying for your grandson as he goes and serves our country. We need this hour 125 people who will join Team Taco and we're making pretty good progress. Right now we're down to only needing another 85. There's halfway through the hour. I think we're going to make our goal for this hour. So if you can help in any way, shape or form, Thomas in Hamden, Maryland made a $50 gift. Ruth in St. Henry, Ohio made a $50 gift. Or maybe you can give in a big way with a five or ten thousand dollar gift we'd love to hear from you at relevantradio.com using the app on your smartphone or tablet or at 877-291-0123 we have about 32 33 minutes left on the clock before this hour will be done keep in mind this is the second day of pledge drive we only have till friday at the end of the day when drew mariani will wrap things up for us to reach our three million dollar need we're about 18 percent of the way there right now and we're just $49,000 away from the next $100,000 mini goal. So if you'd like to help us push over that goal line, now would be the time. Go to relevantradio.com or use the Relevant Radio app and just say, here's my $5,000 gift. Here's my $10,000 gift. If we had, you know, five, six of those, we would make that next mini goal quickly. And that would be awesome. Sorry, Mary. Go ahead. That's all right. Sorry about that. Relevantradio.com, using the app on your smartphone or tablet, or call 877-291-0123 is how you join Team Taco on this Taco Tuesday, down to only needing another 80 people here in the next 32 minutes, and we'll make our call goal for this hour. 32 people who will give in any way, shape, or form a $5, $10, $20 gift, a a $5, $10, thousand dollar gift it's all double <laughs> yeah. dollar for dollar at relevantradio.com using the app on your smartphone or tablet or at 877-291-0123 hey kevin in chesterton indiana thank you for your 75 dollar online gift you also received that email with father matthew spencer's brand new talk on lent you're gonna love that uh, mary pat in lombard illinois thank you for your 150 dollar online gift you too are getting father matthew spencer's talk what's that Cyrus? Okay, I'll step aside for Mary. Listener-supported radio. Talk that brings Christ to the world. Welcome back to the Relevant Radio Winter Pledge Drive. Give from the heart. Thank you for listening to The Patrick Madrid Show. Whether you're sitting in traffic or sitting at work or wherever you are, thank you for listening. Tell your friends about this program, please. We're going to get back to the phones. Let's start off with uh, John in Sacramento. Good morning, John. Welcome. Good morning. Yes, sir. Welcome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Hi, Patrick. Um, Yeah, so I just had a comment. Um, I love what you guys, what you said about kneeling for receiving the Holy Eucharist. 
Mm-hmm. I think also, and, and of course, if you can't kneel, yeah, that's understandable. But what about receiving on the tongue only? Because why do we need to put it in Jesus in our hand? What are we going to do with it except go in our mouth anyway? I know. I know. I'm, I am known, John, for being the guy who talks about how I prefer Holy Communion on the tongue. I always point out that the Church permits communion in the hand, and I know some people are very attached to that. I, I am not, mm-hmm. but um, it is the custom in the Church nowadays to permit communion in the hand. If someday the bishops when... decided that we will receive on the tongue again, I would be happy about that. I don't foresee that, but I think that would be a step in the right direction. But, you know, I have no say in the matter. Do you, can I just ask, do you know when that started, the communion in the hand is optional? Well, it started um, as sort of a grassroots thing in some Catholic parishes in the, in the years immediately after the Second Vatican Council. So in those days, the late 1960s, I never saw it. I don't remember ever seeing communion in the hand until probably the mid-70s. I mean, maybe it had been done earlier than that. I just don't remember seeing it. But by the late 70s and into the—certainly by the 80s, it was very common. In fact, most people, I think, in the United States anyway, in my experience, most people shifted pretty quickly to receiving communion in the hand. I don't know why. I never did, and I I still don't to this day. But that's just me. It's just my own personal proclivity. Um, But it became very, very popular, and now— if I had to guess, the percentage of people who receive Holy Communion on the tongue versus those who receive in the hand is probably, I don't know, 10%, 15%, maybe. So it seems like a long shot to assume that it will go back to receiving Holy Communion on the tongue again. It could be done. I mean, it, the bishops could say, this is what we will do. I don't foresee that, though, in my lifetime. But you never know. Uh, originally, though, John, Communion in the hand was a liturgical abuse, and it was called an abuse by the the Vatican congregation at that time for the sacraments and divine worship. In fact, I recall—I'll leave it at this, John—I recall in the early 90s I had a, the occasion to visit Rome and go to the Vatican and have some meetings and things. This is when I was working at Catholic Answers. So I think it was around 1992, and we were—myself and Carl Keating, who was there with me, or I was there with him, one of the two— we were given the opportunity to have Mass with Pope John Paul II in one of his private chapels in the Apostolic Palace. And when we got there, before Mass began, we were told with you know emphasis, when you go to receive communion, don't put your hands out because Pope John Paul II will not give you Holy Communion in the hand. And I guess I had known about that, but it was interesting to see that because he did not like giving Holy Communion in the hand. And so... You know, that was an interesting side note. Anyway, John, I hope that's helpful to you. Thank you. We'll go to the other John now in Nashville, Tennessee. Good morning, John. Good morning, Patrick. I uh, just wanted to get your take on something. It's something that's been concerning me for quite a while. I grew up in New York. I'm close to 70 years old. I'm a cradle Catholic. Mom from Ireland, Italian dad, doesn't get much more Catholic than that. And I went (laughs) to Catholic for about seven years of Catholic school starting right at the beginning or the end of the Second Ecumenical Council. So I'm very, very traditional, and I love Catholic tradition in every respect. And since I've moved here, I've noticed, and I think I know why this exists, but 
I love my parish. Been a member for 12 years. Um, what is that sound in the background? It sounds, it sounds like somebody's shoveling snow or something behind you. <laughs> I'm wearing slippers. Let me take these off. With oh. No back. And I'm walking on a, on a wooden right. floor and it drives my wife crazy. I know what you mean. Okay, they're off. Um, and I think it's because of the influx. In New York, we had you were Jewish or you were Catholic. And everybody got along great, thank goodness. So give it to me straight. I know you have a, a point you want to make. What is that point? Okay. There are, um, during our, one of the masses anyway, there's uh, uh, pop uh, pop music kind of thing, like uh, praise and worship that you hear in a lot of Protestant churches, especially Baptists down here. And, and during mass, people are like waving their hands up in the air and, and doing all kinds of stuff when the this modern music is playing. And there are a lot of things like that, a lot of elements of Protestantism. Because um, I think people, when they convert, are just not being taught all the finer aspects of our traditions and, and behaviors. And it really bugs me. And I wanted to get your take on mm -hmm. it. Maybe I could handle it better. Here, Here's what I'm assuming you're describing, John. It's probably praise and worship music. And that is very popular, not just among Catholics, but very popular among, say, evangelical Protestants, which is really kind of where that came from. The evangelical Protestant world had what we would call praise and worship music in the form that you're thinking about it before Catholics did, but it made its way into the Catholic Church, and it came in through the doorway of the charismatic renewal. And that, too, is why you see the raising of hands and maybe some swaying and things of that nature. That's that's often seen in the world of the charismatic renewal, which also came into the Catholic Church from charismatic Protestantism. So that's what you're seeing, and it is popular among some Catholics. And my thought would be, if you have an aversion to it, and I could understand, some people do, if you have an aversion to it, either attend a different Mass, if if the other Masses at your parish don't have that praise and worship component, attend a different Mass where you won't be distracted. In some cases, if all the Masses are that way, I mean, it might be that you would attend a different parish. That would be up to you. But naturally, you want to go to Mass and be edified and not be distracted. And if you find that distracting, then you have those options, John. But that's that's what you're seeing, and that's where it comes from. Thanks, John. Appreciate that. Let's go to Jose now in Artesia, New Mexico. Hi, Jose. Good morning. Uh, I have a comment uh, concerning, uh, you often talked about uh, Catholics having the obligation of being buried, buried in a Catholic cemetery. Well, here I wouldn't say, sorry to interrupt, I wouldn't say obligation, but it's it's the custom and it's ideal if it can be done. It can't always be done, though. So it's not like you're... okay obliged under pain okay, of sin want, or anything. What I want to comment is uh, that here in Artesia, we have two cemeteries, neither of which is Catholic, but the priest blesses the grave, uh, you know, and therefore, like, my, I, I'm a widower, a 91-year-old widower of nine months, mm -hmm. nine years, rather, and my wife was buried in a, in a grave that was blessed, so therefore I believe that she was buried in a Catholic grave. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the priest can bless a, a plot, a cemetery plot, for example. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, my condolences for your loss, Jose. I'm sure that must still be Thank difficult you. for you. 
Uh, may she rest in peace. But no, for those who are wondering if a Catholic who dies is unable for some reason to be buried in a Catholic cemetery, that's not a problem. It's ideal, it's customary, but it's not required. So yes, your wife, if the if the plot of ground where she's buried, if that was blessed, that's so much the better. But even if it weren't, let's just talk about that for a minute, Jose. Even if it were not the case that the priest had blessed the ground, it wouldn't change her eternal destiny. It wouldn't it wouldn't in any way diminish her happiness in heaven. It wouldn't change anything. It's these issues are for us who are left behind for us to be able to venerate the memory of our deceased loved ones, for us to be able to go to a particular place to pray for the souls, etc. I mean, the body being in blessed ground, it's a, it's a way to show respect for the temple of the Holy Spirit, somebody who's been baptized. But ultimately, they don't, having that or not having that doesn't in any way affect the person who has passed on. Right. It's for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everyone, I mean, you know that, Jose, but not everybody does know that, so it's important to right. mention it from time mm-hmm. to time. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. And, uh, You're I, welcome. Uh, I, 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 I advertise uh, Relevant Radio by sending out the uh, number sticker to everybody that I write to. Wonderful. Thank you for that, Jose. Yeah. Thank you. Have you ever thought about becoming a parish ambassador? Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, uh, according to... Uh, Father Rusty, I am a first ambassador. By awesome. Well, you've been duly deputized then. Thank you, Jose. I appreciate it. Be right back. Here's another relevant radio miracle moment. I came out of a homosexual relationship, and I'm now married in the church with three children. Um, and I was just hoping if I could share a little bit of my testimony with you, sure. if that's okay. So you were raised Catholic? Yeah. Okay. I just remember distinctly one night I was on my knees and I said, God, I, I love this woman. I want to marry her. Mm-hmm. And I just heard him tell me that he loves her so much more than I ever could and that he loves me so much more than I ever could. And if I just let go, he would take care of me. And I let go. And he mm-hmm. took such good care of me. And if I could just encourage people to speak the truth... The truth of the church is what saved me. And I just want people to know that even if they don't feel it right now, that they can trust this wisdom of the church. Touch a heart and change a soul by donating to Relevant Radio today. What a great, great story. And what's your story? How has Relevant Radio changed your life? What hope, what transformation has happened in your life because of Relevant Radio? When you call us up and make your gift at RelevantRadio.com using the app or when you actually call 877-291-0123, let us know. Let us know your miracle moment that's that's happened because of your relationship here with us at Relevant Radio. It's been a great hour so far. We're still in need, in need of some folks who will join us here on Team Taco. 56 people is what we need in the next 44 minutes if we're going to make our call goal for this hour. Will you be person number 56? How about person number 55 at RelevantRadio.com using the app on your smartphone or tablet or at 877-291-0123. That's 877- 2910123 a partnership challenge hour means your gift will be doubled. 
If you call 877-291-0123 to make your pledge or you make your pledge at relevantradio.com or you make your pledge using the Relevant Radio app, I will thank you by name on the air. Like Arlene in Van Nuys, California, $25 online gift. Thank you, Arlene. Appreciate that. Richard in Arvada, Colorado, $125 online gift. Thank you. Thank you, Anonymous in El Paso, Texas. That's where my dad was born, by the way. Deep roots there in El Paso. $245 online gift. Thank you for that. Anonymous in Escondido, California. Thank you for your $40 online gift. George in Claremont, California, $365 online gift. Brand new donor, by the way. Welcome to the family. And thank you, George. Thank you, Anne-Marie in Rutherford, New Jersey. $100 online gift. Brand new donor. Thank you and welcome. See how easy it is if you call 877-291-0123. I will thank you by name on the air. Well, except I'm going to take some of those. Like, I want to say thank you to Julie in Greenfield, Wisconsin. $1,000, doubled to $2,000. And Michael in Berlin, New Berlin, Wisconsin, your $600 gift was also doubled. Your gift will be doubled at RelevantRadio.com when you use the app on your smartphone or tablet or when you call 877-291-0123. That's 877-291-0123. We are making progress. We need another 53 people who will join the team here and give from the heart at relevantradio.com using the app on your smartphone or tablet or when you call 877-291-0123 give now and give from the heart here at relevant radio thank you so much to Raphael in philadelphia pennsylvania's brand new donor your $600 gift was doubled to $1,200. We are still in need of another 50 people. We're making progress at relevantradio.com using the app or at 877 291 Patrick Madrid is on Taco Tuesday Coast to Coast on Relevant Radio Taco Tuesday is my favorite day That's the reason why I like the finger snaps. I never really heard that until just now. We can all snap our fingers this song. The sound of people getting ready to eat tacos. I still have any rhythm, so you don't want me to do that. <laughs> you ever seen Steve Martin do that routine? I am Steve Martin. <laughs> when it comes to rhythm? My kids, yeah. their jaws drop when they see me trying to clap along. Or I'm always offbeat. Let's get some video of you trying to dance <laughs> up on Twitter. Can we get uh, that done? No. Please. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, Cyrus. Appreciate that. Taco Tuesday music is always welcome. 888-914-9149. Let's go to Dominic now in Roswell, New Mexico. Hi, Dominic. Hey, Patrick. I was calling because uh, the last couple of weeks at Mass... Um, Whenever the reading was about uh, Ju- um, Jonah, yeah. the priest said that, remember, this is not a literal story. It's just a story. And then Uh-oh. whenever it was about Job, <laughs> whenever it was about Job, he said the same thing, that it was not a literal story. It was just a story. And so I was wondering, I I, I always believed it was literal. So anyway, I was just wondering what, what, the, yeah. what the word is. Yeah, well, <clears throat> let's take them in order. So let's start with Jonah. Jonah is, or was, I should say, a real historical personage. And the way we can know this is not simply because of the 
the book of Jonah, which we read about him going to Nineveh and being swallowed by the fish and all that, but more importantly, because Jesus references him on several occasions as an actual historical figure. So it is a a trend in some circles in biblical uh, studies to 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 how would we put this to sometimes the term that's used is demystified or to try to say that well this wasn't really a miracle this didn't really happen they didn't really Jesus didn't really for example multiply loaves and fish to feed 10,000 people that the real miracle is that they shared their food no sharing your food is not a miracle so this is an artifact of that wing of biblical studies which says that these people Noah, I mean, Adam and Eve, for that matter, in some cases, but Noah and Jonah and things like that are just, they're just devices that were used to tell moral tales, and they weren't real. But Jesus says otherwise. Jesus refers in Matthew 12, for example, for just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 30, For as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. And Jesus was anything but mythical. He was anything but, you know, just a literary device. He was real, and he really did go in the tomb for portions, at least, of three days and three nights. So Jesus refers to Jonah as an historical figure and, and connects him with himself. He does this also with Noah. And he talks about, just as it was in the days of Noah, when the flood came and swept them all away, so will it be when the Son of Man returns. So I think those are some important aspects that we can we can buttress the Church's age-old belief that these are indeed historical figures, notwithstanding the things that some people say. Um, and then also we can take a look at the Church Fathers. So the Church Fathers exegeted these passages, and in some cases they would exegete books even, like the the book of Job, for example, and say, well, this is a moral tale. It didn't necessarily happen to an actual person, although that's possible. But in the case of Jonah, they universally recognized him as a um, a real historical person. It's the same with, with Noah, for example. So those are some of the things that you should know when you're evaluating something like that. Otherwise, you know, people can say, well, none of this stuff is actually really true. It's just stories to, to try to get a point across. But that's not what the Church teaches. Okay. And and you said, and so just so I'm clear, on Job, you, um, we don't know Job. It may, oh, okay. Or, or he was. Uh, yeah, and I, I was talking more about Jonah. But yeah, as far as Job is concerned, right. let me tell you what Father Ken Baker says in this book I referenced earlier called Inside the Bible. So he says, um, the author of Job is unknown, but he was a learned, profound poet. The problem dealt with and the language point to a time of composition after the exile, that is, after 538 B.C., and it was probably composed between 500 and 400 B.C. Now, there are all sorts of manuscript evidence reasons to say that. He says, the book of Job offers the most profound treatment of the problem of evil that is to be found in world literature. And he talks about the themes, and the summary, he says, is in the prose dialogue in the first two chapters, we learn that Job, a wealthy and pious man, has been deprived of his children and all his possessions, and he's afflicted with a serious disease, and it goes on from there. It doesn't—we don't know with certitude, was this an actual man? 
like Jonah was an actual man, or Noah was an actual man. Was Job an actual man? It's possible, but the, as I understand it anyway, the preponderance of patristic testimony doesn't seem conclusive one way or the other. It seems that okay. we, we could reasonably assume that, like the Song of Songs, the, the people speaking to each other, the lovers speaking to each other in the Song of Songs, were not necessarily actual, an actual man and a woman having this conversation. But the biblical author was writing it in the form of a conversation between the two lovers. So this could be a book like that, where Job is being used to describe, you know, a what-if kind of scenario. But he could also very easily have been an actual human being. So, thank you, Patrick. I'd have to delve deeper, Dominic, into some of the commentaries to get a, a bigger handle on that. But that's where I would start anyway. Thank you, Dominic. Appreciate that. Well, let's see. We are near the end of the second hour of our three hours together today. Mary and I are going to tell you where things stand during Pledge Drive and where we need to be going forward. Optimistic that we are going to make our call goal for this hour. Still in need of 38 people who will give from the heart at relevantradio.com using the app on your smartphone or tablet or at 877-291-0123. That's 877-291-0123. Every single gift is matched dollar for dollar here for the next, what do we got left in this hour? Six minutes. <laughs> That's right. Six minutes left. Your gift will be will be matched one hundred percent. One hundred percent. See, right, it's like night follows day. That voice will always it's like an happen. Echo. It's like we're talking off a mountaintop. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but so if you can give like a five or ten thousand dollar gift right now, we could certainly use your help. It's going to help us reach our our need as far as the dollar amount that we need to raise each and every hour as well. We mm-hmm. are sitting right now. It looks like forty two thousand dollars away from hitting a milestone of five hundred and or. Five hundred and sixty thousand dollars, I think, is what would yeah, be the next step. Yeah, that would step. put us. Yeah, yeah. five hundred and no, five hundred and no, 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 six hundred thousand. Six hundred thousand. I had That's to right. stop and think. Yeah, it would put us to six hundred. Yeah, 000. math isn't my specialty either. Six hundred thousand dollars. So if you want to help us cross that little mini goal, forty-two thousand will get us there. A couple of people coming in at ten thousand dollars a piece would definitely get us over that mark. So if you can help in any way, shape, or form, we'd love to hear from you at relevantradio.com using the app on your smartphone or tablet, or at eight seven seven two nine one zero one two three. We have four and a half minutes left on the clock this hour. It's ticking by quickly. So quickly uh, thank you dorothy in madison wisconsin for your 250 dollars gift thank you jeremiah in bozeman montana beautiful area 300 dollars. thank you uh thank you harold in vista california for your 350 dollars gift we appreciate it very much as we appreciate your gift frank in milwaukee 250 dollars. thank you so much for that rosemary in the township of washington new jersey 240 dollars online gift thank you Thank you, Susan, in Evanston, Illinois, for your $250 gift. So these these $250 gifts are adding up nicely, but any amount you can provide us with in your pledge by going to relevantradio.com or using the Relevant Radio app, any amount, no matter how many zeros it may or may not have, we will cheerfully welcome it. Thank you. 
877-291-0123. That's 877-291-0123 is how you can join Team Taco. And we are making progress. I'd like to see this. We only need another 34 people in the last four minutes of this hour to make our call goal for this hour. So if you can help in any way, shape, or form, stop by the website. It's relevantradio.com. You can tap the app there on your smartphone or tablet, or you can give us a call at 877-291-0123. That's 877-291-0123. We want to say thank you so much to an anonymous donor in Eldridge, Iowa. $25, double to 50. Mary in Booton, New Jersey, thank you for your $100 gift. And thank you to Dave in Chicago, also making a gift of $100. Oh, here, Dennis Oshkosh, making your gift online, $150. Your gifts were all doubled. That's awesome. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Jose Luis, for your gift of $500 online. You're in Tribuco Canyon, California. That's just a couple of miles from where I grew up, as a matter of fact. Thank you. Joseph in Palatine, Illinois. Thank you for your $365 online gift. Stephen, Carlsbad, California. Thank you for your $365 online gift. And thank you, Deborah in Chicago, for your $365 online gift. All of you are receiving Father Matthew's brand new talk on Lent. It comes to your email box when you make your pledge safe and secure at relevantradio.com or using the Relevant Radio app. 877-291-0123. That's 877-291-0123 is the number. If you just cannot give on either of those two digital platforms, we do have a volunteer standing by waiting to take your call at 877-291-0123. But of course, as Patrick just said, if you can give at relevantradio.com or use the app on your smartphone or tablet, you'll get to the Lenten Talk by Father Matthew Spencer in your inbox instantly. And it's going to help you journey through your Lenten season this year. We are down to only needing another 32 people. 32 people who will give from the heart at relevantradio.com using the app on your smartphone or tablet or at 877-291-0123. That's 877-291-0123. Another 30 people. We're making progress. We're going to see this happen if you can give from the heart now at relevantradio.com or using the app on your smartphone or tablet. 